This is Wide Open, a series on how to embrace change and challenge your ways of thinking so you can level up your life, open up to new experiences, and pay it forward to those who need it. I'm your host, Tony Gonzalez. I'm excited and grateful to welcome our next guest, Adrian Gonzalez. He's a former baseball veteran of 15 seasons, the number one pick of the 2000 MLB draft to the Florida Marlins, an all-star, a silver slugger, golden glove winner, the list goes on and on, not to mention husband, devoted family man, a very successful investor, the San Diego-born, Tijuana, Mexico-raised legend, Aegon, Adrian Gonzalez. Welcome. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Wide Open, the podcast. I'm your host, Tony Gonzalez, and today I am joined by a stud baseball player, Adrian Gonzalez. You already got that in the intro, though, but uh, thank you for coming out, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, (laughs) man. Thank you. I mean, from one Gonzalez to another. I know, I know. Thank you. I like that. Awesome. (laughs) And uh, you were... I want to, oh, we always start at the beginning. Um, and so where you grew up, where you were born, you were born in, in, in San Diego, but you were raised in Tijuana? Yeah, Mexico. so um, my dad, I'll try to keep it quick, but my dad, um, my grandma, my dad's mom was born in San Diego, grew up uh, in Mexico, uh, in uh, Ciudad Obregón. And um, when my dad moved to, uh, to Tijuana with my mom, she told him that the best thing would be for us to be born in the U.S. so we could have dual citizenship. Uh-huh. And so every time my mom was eight and a half months pregnant, we'd go stay with a cousin. Uh, we'd be born and go right back to the house that we we're living in, in Tijuana. Really? So that's, that's how we were born in San Diego, but grew up in Tijuana. Because we, we would just like literally cross the border. My mom would cross the border give birth to us, and then go right back to, to, to the house. Really? Now, was it, so schooling, all is done everything down is, yeah, in Tijuana? Everything in Tijuana, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was you and three? We and never, three. Yeah, we never, I, I didn't I didn't speak a word of English until I was 11. Um, didn't, I mean, lived in Tijuana until I was 10 years old. Really? You didn't speak a word of English till you were 11? Uh-huh. Wow, you're, you're speaking great, obviously. <laughs> thank you, thank uh, you. So, so it, was, uh, it was never like you were just coming back and forth. You were no. just strictly in Tijuana? Until uh, I was, uh, yeah, until then, uh, until I was, 10, uh, fourth grade, and uh, from there, uh, still continued to play baseball um, in Tijuana only. Okay, so so you had three older brothers. Two older brothers. I'm Two the older third, brothers. I'm the youngest of three. You're the youngest of three. And did they both play baseball? Are they yep. the ones who got yep. you started? Uh, yeah, my dad played baseball. Uh-huh. Um, he played on uh, some uh, Mexican national teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a first baseman as well. Uh, my my two, my two older brothers are middle infielders, um, and uh, Edgar actually... Uh, the middle brother got to play in the big leagues. We got to play together with the San Diego Padres. Uh-huh. So that was cool. Oh, that was sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are all really good. All baseball. Okay. Big, big baseball family, yeah. And so when, when you were growing up, was that something you said to yourself, like, this is this this is it for me? I mean, because a lot of people have a hard time. They're always like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what my passion is. But did you know that from the beginning, like, I want to be a pro baseball player? Yeah, I, I really did. I mean, I you know, being the youngest, my dad played. I was, you know, every weekend we were at the baseball fields. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad would take us to the to the San Diego Padre game. So I grew up a big Padre fan following Tony Gwynn. And so, like, that was always that, you know, that dream, uh-huh. obviously. Uh, but uh, I, I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. And uh, so I... I actually uh, was going to come to UCLA here uh, to go to school, but then I got drafted. So, uh-huh. yeah, well, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I went to I went to Berkeley, and I was gonna, I was going to be a psychologist. Oh, there you go. Uh, but then, obviously, the pros yeah. came calling. I was exactly. like, okay, I'm gone. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> um, so, when you were younger, though, was it your brother? Who was your your role models? Uh, I know for me, it was it was my my brother, my older brother. 
Uh, but was it that way with you? Was it was yeah, it a combination of them? I, th- I think it was my dad and my two older brothers. Yeah, I mean, you know, always again when you're the young one, for me, it was uh, always easy to look up to them and and try to you know we would always play the games in the backyard and I would always have to play up a level just uh, to be able to keep up. Yeah, and so that always helped for sure. Were they like we talk about hard work? I mean, what kind of kid were you? Were you obsessed with baseball? Were you out there playing it? playing it all day or, or was your dad making you or your brother saying, Hey, you're going to come play today. Was no, I mean, I love baseball. I love everything about baseball, but yeah, when I was in, in Tijuana younger, I played a little bit of soccer. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't something I really enjoyed cause it put me at goalie. And uh-huh. so then that, I mean, I was the, the, you know, the short little, not short, but the chubby kid that, that could stop a ball and I wasn't afraid of getting hit by the, by the soccer ball. <laughs> and then when I went, uh, came to the U S um, I was actually a quarterback in high school. And so I did both sports until my junior year, uh, the end of my junior year. And then after my junior year, I decided to just focus on baseball. So that's kind of when I started really focusing on baseball. Uh-huh. Did you go, did you go pro, uh, like you said, did you, you go straight, like when you're 18, school. right? Yeah, straight out. School. That's how it is in baseball, yep. which is cr- it's crazy. Know, but you go to the minor leagues. Uh-huh. So it's not like you go straight to the big leagues. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long were you in the minor leagues? Uh, three and a half, four years. Three and a half, four years? Yeah. So that's kind of like your college right there, exactly. then, right? I mean, exactly. just, yeah, I got to the big leagues when I was 21. 21? Huh, good age. <laughs> um, so your, your father, I read that your, your father always told you, um, like, be yourself. Uh, what, what does he mean by that? It, 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 it was always just because I was always kind of, I'm, I'm more of a quiet person outside of, of uh, baseball, but on the baseball field, uh, I like to be like very active and cheer and, goof around with the guys. And uh, my first year in pro ball and rookie ball, um, I was having a hard time. And, you know, that transition from high school to year in pro ball, living on your own in Florida, um, meeting people you don't know, and that just that that culture shock and all of that. Um, I kind of went into like this shell of just like not even like I would show up to the game and just kind of like sit there and just watch the game and not cheer, not, not be myself in that sense. Mm-hmm. So when he when he traveled out there uh, because I was really struggling, um, that's what basically all he said was like, "You're not. That's not you. If, yeah. if if I don't see you, how do you expect to do well on the field?" And uh-huh. so he's like, "Just be you. Who cares what you know anybody says or thinks or you know don't try to don't try to make people happy by following certain things or whatever." So then I kind of took that to heart and I started doing that. Uh, what What do you think was stopping you before that though? Like what was if you could put like, I always talk about fear on here because yeah. that's kind of what I went through. It was like, I was so, I, w- I became depressed a little bit. Yeah. Uh. So, so I was the first overall pick and being the first overall pick, um, 18 years old, get to, you know, rookie ball. And I wasn't this typical first overall pick that can hit the ball a mile that is super fast or, you know, they just saw talent in me, like future talent, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I went out there and I'm, you know, there's guys that are hitting the ball way farther. There's guys that are, you know, have all these other tools, how you call them. And I'm just, you know, a guy that has a good swing that can catch the ball. And so kind of everybody around was like, why was he the first overall pick? Like, uh. what's, what's, what's so special about him? And so, like, you hear all this chatter and you start kind of doubting yourself. Yeah. And so that was kind of like that, that thing that kind of made me believe it for, for a minute, you know? Uh-huh. And so... um but, you know, once I started saying, like, you know what, it doesn't matter what other people think, as long as I'm myself and I put in the work and I keep working and just keep doing what I got to do, you know, it's all going to work out. Or at least at least I'll know that I gave it all I had. Uh-huh. So, when, when was the first time that you that you said to yourself, man, 
I, I got this. Like, this is, I belong here. Um, after that, that rookie season, I ended up having a, a decent season. I didn't hit any home runs uh, my first year in pro ball. And, but I hit for average. I ended up turning my season around and had a really good second half. And, uh, and I ended up hitting close to 300. Um, hit a few doubles or whatnot. But uh, that next year, I really focused on uh, weight training. And I made a couple adjustments to my swing because, you know, the velocity, the consistent velocity in, in pro ball was, was more than high school. So I had a really long like leg tap and that would mess up my timing. So I shortened everything up a little bit. And I went into that uh, first first full season because when you get drafted, you play like half a season. Uh, so I went to that first full season. And I was the MVP of the league. And so that really helped me be like, okay. Just because of that though? Yeah, just, because I mean, it's just, just, just know, those small I mean, little tweaks I mean, right there. In baseball, like timing is everything. And if you can adjust your timing so you can be on time, now your hands can work. If, uh -huh. you're, if you're not on time, your hands will never work. You know, so it was just it was just a, a timing mechanism with my lower half, so my hands can be in position to fire and 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 attack the ball the right way. Uh -huh. was, is anybody got, like? Do you have a team around you no, that, that's no. saying, "Hey, Adrian, no. if you do this, this, and this, this is what's no, I don't. What's going to make you the MVP of the league? <laughs> no, I don't. You don't have a team. You just you know you talk to the hitting coaches that that uh, that the organization has, and and you know you figure out like a game plan for the offseason. They're not even there. You just you're doing all the drills, everything on your own. Uh -huh. um, but you know it's just it's one of those things where. Somebody points you in the right direction and, and, and you understand it and you're able to apply it in the off season. So when you get to spring training, it's all, it all feels good and works and you're not like trying to figure it out in spring training. You, you got to show up to spring training ready to go. You can't show up like, huh. you know, ready, you know, not ready to go. So um, it was just, it just, it just worked. It clicked. Sometimes people make adjustments and, and it's, it goes the other way, uh -huh. you know, but um, unfortunately for me, that was an adjustment I was able to make and, and, and it, it helped. And then I was able to, <clears throat> um, you know, kind of, get a little faster pace to get to the major leagues. Uh -huh. you know, people can get stuck in the minor leagues if you don't, if you don't put up numbers. Uh -huh. Now, do, do you, are you a goal setter? Do you, I mean, do you write something down and say, okay, this is, this is where I'm going right here? Or? No, <clears throat> I'm, I really don't do that. Um, I'm more of a, just know that if I like, I have a system of this is what I got to do every day. And this, this is, if I don't do this, then I can't expect myself to have success. Uh -huh. So just kind of like staying that <clears throat> you got to work out, you got to do, you know, you got to do your, your conditioning, you got to do the workouts, you got to be in the cage, you got to, you know, put in work on the field and you just got to do it, do it all. If, if you, if you cut yourself short of any of it, then you're, you're not going to, uh -huh. you're putting your, you're setting up yourself for failure. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so when you get that, that cause uh, I remember when I, when I got into the NFL, it was the first round draft choice uh -huh. too. And you uh, and you get all that money. I mean, because that changes things. It does. Uh, how was that with you? Because I read you you had a, a three million dollars signing bonus. It's it's such a young age. Yeah. How does that how does that change your life? Um. It you know it really. What's the best way to put it? I had um, I had like a family member that um, tried like wanted to help me invest. And I ended up losing a lot of money in the investments. Mm. And so it was almost like a life lesson for the future, which for me was great. Um, you know, you never want to lose money in investments, but if you're going to lose it, lose it early. So you're careful the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Uh -huh. And uh, and so for me, that was, uh, it was one of those situations where, you know, you don't want to see it. But again, if you're going to see it, see it at that age. And then it just opens up your eyes to the world and how people can 
can come at you from every angle and try to make you invest and do this and do that. But at the end of the day, you really got to vet out everything before you put a money, a, a penny in anything. So it just, it just taught me that life lesson of, Hey, if you're not careful, you know, they'll come get you. Uh -huh. And so what, what changes did you, did you make though? You said, cause that's usually how it is though for a lot of athletes. It's yeah, like, Hey, oh, you're my friend or this guy I trusted. And, yeah. and maybe it's not even like they, they obviously they didn't want to lose your money. Exactly. But it was but, just, but you know, the, with the, right the, the biggest thing is, well, one, you know, I was, um, I've been with my wife since I was 20 and she's, you know, everybody talks about how like, you know, the best part of every guy is his wife, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so my wife has been amazing, um, with everything in life, but, uh, also with, with the investment side and just, um, just always being that, that's that person next to me going like, I don't, I don't, that sounds too good to be true. Like I wouldn't uh -huh. do that, you know? And so that's been, because that, First investment, I didn't even ask her. We were boyfriend girlfriend at the time, uh -huh. um, and then so for me, it was just kind of just vetted, vet everything out. I have a, a team, a financial advisor, uh, accountant, and just you know a, a team around me that I could always go to and be like, "Hey, what do you guys think?" Uh -huh. And and don't do any, even if it's something that you really want to do because it sounds great. If they say no, you don't do it, uh -huh. you know, because they've seen it. They've seen all those transactions they've seen all those investments and they they've seen what what has worked and what hasn't worked mm -hmm. and so for me for me it, it was just one of those things where it really kind of opened up my eyes and now i listen to the right people and you know have the right team around you yeah so yeah i think just like you said though i think people look at it where when you when you lose money at the beginning or when things go bad for you when like you said you struggled in the, in the minors like that's to me, I think that that's part of the process. Like you it got, is. you got to have that. You have to fail. If you yeah. don't fail, you'll never appreciate the success. Yeah, yeah, and you don't. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like taking chances too, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're going to take chances, and sometimes you're going to get your ass kicked, but it's part of the process to learn <laughs> exactly. where you want to go. Exactly. Um, I want. I want to talk about um, of your thought process in baseball, but I mean, I got to ask uh, this whole stealing signs thing with the, with the Astros. What are you? What are your thought, thoughts on that? I think it's terrible for baseball in general, mm -hmm. like as a whole. You know, I think it's it's just something that, you know, it's really going to put a hole in baseball. Mm -hmm. And people, I mean, I've seen some reports talking about how, I, I, is anybody going to feel when whoever wins the World Series next year, is there going to be like that? Well, are they doing it the right way or not? So mm -hmm. every game that is won, people are, are going to have that doubt on how it was acquired or how it happened. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it's just it's 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 bad for baseball. It's 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 bad for a lot of these teams. Now you're getting now you're seeing a lot of other people and players come out and doing allegations. Like today, I read an article that you know somebody was saying something about Tony La Russa, and then you have Logan Morrison talking about some other teams. And it's like at one at what point does MLB decide I investigate this or I don't investigate yeah. that because you know what has credibility, what doesn't, and so it just it puts this big old cloud that's just not good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, similar with the NFL, <laughs> with the whole New England Patriot stuff, exactly. And, uh, and who knows what's going to happen with that? But I don't know. There there is a fine line between trying to gain an advantage and then stepping over that line. Yeah. Of you okay, know, hey, come on, like that's too much. Sign stealing in baseball has been going on forever, mm -hmm. and but there is you know those unwritten rules of like you do and you don't. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's up to MLB to really put that line in the sand and say this is allowed and this is not. Mm -hmm. You know because I mean my whole career I use video to gain an advantage over the pitchers. 
Mm -hmm. you know? And so obviously that's not stealing signs, but video use and video technology has always been there, at least since I was a rookie. And, you know, I've, I've known people that have looked at video to look, to try to figure out the catcher signs ahead of time. So when they're on second base, they can relay it. Um, is that allowed because you're using technology? Yeah. You know, you're not using it in the middle of the game, but you're using it before the game and you pretty much have like the three or four different sequences that that pitcher and catcher use together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, where is that line? Where is the line? Know. You know, it's tough. I mean, I mean, that's why a coach in the in the game, you see it on TV, he's covering his mouth when he when he calls the plays because he doesn't want it to be lip read. Exactly. And, and if he said, well, I'm just going to trust everybody, probably somebody's going to read his lips. They're going <laughs> to tell the person. So, I mean, and that's part of the game. I'm saying that part of it. But then the other part of it, too, is where it gets where it just it does. It puts a cloud over it. That's that's unfortunate. But I think the game is so, so much fun and people love it. It'll they'll get over it. They will. I mean, people you, everything will, will gets, start. To see everything passes. It. Everything yeah. passes. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk some some baseball here. Your career. Uh, I've always wondered because baseball fascinates me with the whole success. Just just having success in baseball, being a hitter. Uh, just I mean, if you can hit it three out of seven times or close to that, that that makes you an all star. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah, three out of ten. Huh. Yep. And that what is how does that <laughs> For, for your psyche, when you're up there and you're about to hit a ball, when you're sitting there, what, what's, what's going on in your, in your mind? Like, what, what's, you, what's your process, how to, how to block out the noise, how to get focused, how to, how to do you use visualization? I wonder, what's your technique? I am for this so stuff? old school. I, I, I honestly, like, I would do my video preparation and I would go up to the plate looking for one pitch in one spot. You mm-hmm. know, just go up there and be like, okay, I'm going to look for the changeup you know, thigh height, this at bat. And I would just wait out there until that guy threw me that changeup. Uh-huh. Or I would be like, I'm going to look for a fastball away. And I'm just going to wait. And when I get a fastball away, I'm going to try to hit it that way. Or a fastball and whatever it was, <clears throat> I would look for one pitch that hold a bat. Uh-huh. And I wasn't, I wouldn't try to like, you know, people say, oh, were you guessing? It's like, it's not guessing because you're waiting for that pitch to hold a bat. You're not guessing that pitch that you're going to get that pitch. You know, so like the hold at bat, I'm just waiting for one pitch. And if you like the pitcher threw it to me, um, I would attack it and I was ready for it. So for the most part, you put it in play. Uh, when you get to two strikes, then you just battle uh-huh. and that's it. You know, for me, that's, that's how I hit. Uh-huh. And so, um, I put in a lot of work ahead of time. Um, so when that game started, I could simplify it and just, you know, try to have fun. Uh-huh. When you say a lot of work, you're, you're talking about the, for each game, cause you guys play so many damn games every day. Yeah. So, I would, so you're I watching was, film every day. I would of- spend, you know, 30 minutes to an hour in the video room every day. Every day. Uh-huh. And just looking for the little little stuff. Because this is all stuff, you know, the show here, it's like, uh, you can take that over to life. Like, yeah. Lo- every day looking for ways to get better. Yeah. Uh, looking for the little, the, and it's usually the small things. Yeah. Is, am I correct to saying that with absolutely. baseball? It's usually like just a little absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I mean, like, like, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, like I said earlier, you know, I, I, I didn't have that extreme talent, you know, mm-hmm. of, you know, I, I couldn't hit a ball 500 feet. You know, I could hit a 380, 410 down the middle and in center field. Um, I think the longest home run I ever hit was like 450 or something. You know, um, I wasn't fast. I can catch the ball, you know, but being a first baseman, it helped out that I didn't have to have a lot of range. Um, So for me, it was just making sure that what I could do, I did it to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. And so um, the thing I, I love to do was to study pitchers and be like, okay, this pitcher makes his mistakes with this pitch in this area. Uh-huh. 
okay, that's what I'm going to attack. And I'm just going to wait for it because he loves to throw it. He's going to throw it and he's going to make a mistake. I just can't not be ready when he does, when it does happen. Uh-huh. And so that's all I did. So, so when you're in a, um, a slump, the hitting slump, mm-hmm. uh, all sports, um, but especially in baseball, <laughs> it seems. So when, when, when things aren't going your way, how do you, what do you do to get out of that, that slump w- w- mentally? Um, er, like in early on in my career, I struggled with it a little bit. Um, I was always that, you know, do the process, just do the process, whether you're doing great or you're not doing, or you have, or you're in the slump, do the process. Um, early on in my career, I had, uh, two big slumps in the major leagues. I had two big slumps, uh, my first and my second season with the Padres. These were my full seasons. Um, and after that, I realized like, how long was the slump for 50, 60 at bats? 50, so 60 bats, how many games is that's that? That's probably like, if you go to three to four at bats per game, probably like 15 games, 20 games. So 15, 20 games in a row, you haven't gotten a hit. I all. mean, maybe a hit here or there because a ball found the hole. Uh-huh. But not like, yeah, you're talking like two for 40, you know, three for 40, you go from hitting 320 to hitting 240. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Just within that span, like it just puts you in a hole. Um, but then you realize that it's all mental. It's not physical, it's mental. You're allowing these things to put you in the slump. Mm-hmm. And so if you just kind of do your, do your work and do the process and then think about the process and not the result or the past results and you focus on the next at bat versus the last at bat, uh-huh. you know, you're, you're just doing your thing and that's it. Like you focus on the past, you're going to dwell on the past. You focus on the future, there's always success to be had. Yeah. So like if you think about it that way... Um, and that's why a lot of people that, that focus too much on the past go like this in their career. Mm-hmm. You know, my career was kind of steady because of the fact that I always focus on the future. Uh-huh. I love that. I love that. So uh-huh. from uh, self-confidence, you never lost. Maybe earlier when you were, but earlier, self-confidence yeah. was, was not a problem, right? I mean, and it, yeah, it was, it, it was more of the, I wouldn't say self-confidence. I mean, yeah, you got to have confidence to have success in, in, in any, you know, competitive major league uh, uh, scenario. But, um, but it wasn't like I was like oozing confidence. It was just more like, just got to put in the work, you know, good things will happen. If you put in the work, you just have that faith. You know, I'm a guy that, you know, believes in Jesus and has faith. And, and so for me, it's just like, I just have faith that, you know, if I put in the work, whatever happens, happens. Like, I don't have to worry about it. Like if I'm not in baseball, I'll find something else to do. You know, and like uh-huh. God will lead me a certain way in a certain direction. I don't have to put all my eggs in this baseball basket, you know, that's going to end eventually. Uh-huh. So you talk about change. Um, when you played, you were on five teams, right? Five teams tra- uh, traded each time. Um, uh-huh. Traded each time. So each time, are you asking for the trade, or they they call no. you in there and they say, Adrian, it's, in, in baseball, it's time. in baseball, you don't ask for trades. They they the teams do whatever they want. Uh huh. So how do you how do you deal with that? that I mean, as a prof- I played for two teams in seventeen yeah. years. Yeah. And when I got traded after twelve years in Kansas City to Atlanta, I mean that was a, that was a big change. It was like starting all over again, and not not even just on the field with the new teammates, meeting people, new freeway system, new restaurants, new house, new. Uh, like it was, it was tough. Was that, and you did it five times. Like, how did you cope with that change? You know, again, you look, you look towards the future. You don't look to, to, to the past. You mm-hmm. know, you focus on what you got to do to set, set yourself up in that city. And, uh, 
and you know get to know your new, new teammates. It's, it's it's a really good opportunity to get to meet new people, make new friends in the game, have you know those great long lasting relationships, um, have an impact on on on, on teammates and and you know because I was always focused on the personal level versus the professional level. Like mm-hmm. I always wanted to be able to create these long lasting relationships versus just teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like you know, going from Texas Rangers, who I debuted with, to the Padres, it was an opportunity to be able to play every day. Mark Teixeira was with the Rangers, so that was something to look forward to. I had This is a chance for me to be able to play every day. And then I went from the Padres to the Red Sox, is, is I get to go to an iconic organization, a team that has so much history in Fenway Park, and you know, so you focus, you, you, you really focus on that. And then you go to the Dodgers, it's like, again, you go to, to you know, the West Coast team, um, that has the most history and, 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 you know, Jackie Robinson and Sandy Koufax and all those great things in, L- in LA, Mexican, coming back to Southern California, Mexican American community, um, just everything that LA has to offer. I mean, so you're excited about that. And then to the Mets, that was, uh, trying to, trying to, you know, see if I could revive my career after a season of being hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything has its, its, the thing that you look forward to, you know? Uh-huh. And now you're bringing, because it's not just you. I mean, you're married, yep. kids. Wife, wife with the Padres, and then, then from the Red Sox to the Dodgers, then we're bringing kids, yeah. Uh-huh. Is that is that hard on them too? How do they, how do you, how do yeah, they cope I mean, with all that stuff? I got married at 20, so my wife was, uh, you know, she understood the baseball life and uh-huh. she was ready you're to like, pack. You're like, you knew what you was getting into. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she was able to pack within a couple hours and be ready uh-huh. to go, you know? Yeah. So um, she, she was great. Uh, and so it was. It was great uh, to see all her support and just you know be ready to 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 go and and you know live out this experience uh-huh. together. And you have the two daughters, right? Two, uh, two daughters and two dogs. Yes, two daughters and two dogs. Oh, <laughs> two dogs too. Uh, how did you? Because this is something I ask a lot of athletes too, uh, or anybody, any professional out there. When you're putting, when you're chasing your dream and you're living out your passion, it takes up a lot of time. And so how did you focus on being a good husband and a good father throughout your career? Um, I think the big, the, for me, again, you know, you, you just, I go by the, by the examples of, of, of Jesus, but uh, for me, it was just be present. You know, when the game ends, don't, don't bring the game home. You know, when you're home, you're home. And you just, you know, make sure that you, you give your wife, the, you know, the time that she needs. Um, you're present. You know, I, I was never a guy that was like, I got to be the last one in the clubhouse and the first one in the clubhouse the next day. Um, but when I do show up to the clubhouse, I got to put it all, all my effort and all I have. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was, I was, I never tried to be the the the, fir- the last one in and the first one out either. But um, you know, there, I always kind of looked at the guys that would be there at eleven o'clock and then stay hours after the game. And I was like, what about your family? Like, you know, this isn't all there is to life, mm. you know? So uh, for me, as much as I love baseball, I just made sure that when I showed up to the clubhouse, I, w- I showed up to work. I didn't show up to just kind of hang around. You know, I showed up to work, put in the work, put in put in everything I needed to do. And when I was home, I was home. I wasn't still at the baseball field in my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was that was the, the, the biggest way to separate the two is just, you know, be present wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, also business. I mean, you're a really successful business guy. I'm I, know you got, I know you like Subway, <laughs> uh, the, the Jersey Mike's, right? Jersey Mike's, yeah. Uh, how many franchises do you have now? Uh, 11 that are uh, operating and uh, we got some in construction and uh, plans to take them into Mexico. 
Nice. And so you do that. You, you brought some great beer, some Calidad, Calidad beer. Calidad beer, yep. Uh, yep. I'm a Modelo guy myself, but, uh, well, but we no, like you're both. a Calidad guy now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you got into the the, the beer industry. Uh, like how do yeah, I got a, how, did, how does all this work? I mean, you, you got your family, you got your baseball, and then you're going to put business uh, on top of all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love, I love business. <laughs> I, I love negotiating. I love business. I love everything that has to do with business. Um, you know, I got a couple other investments in a apparel line, a sports apparel line. And uh, um, I got like an app for athletes coming out pretty soon. Um, my wife started her shoe line. Mm -hmm. um, so that we got a lot, a lot of stuff going on um, in the business side. But I love it. You mm -hmm. know, I, th I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it, you know, you need to do something. You can't just like stop playing the sport and then just play golf or, uh -huh. or you know, whatever. You got to do something. And that's, uh -huh. I feel like people fall back to being a coach um, a lot because they don't have something, you know. And so a lot of people don't. And then you get these grumpy coaches because it's almost like, oh, I kind of have to do this because I, <laughs> I have nothing else, you know. So, um, So for me, it was always just, Set yourself up when you're getting ready to 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 stop playing. Set yourself up and uh, and just continue to to have that passion for whatever you're doing. Uh -huh. How do you pick which business you want to go into? You got to vet them out. You got to look into them. And uh, Jersey Mike's is a great one of the it's probably, it's the top franchise out there right now for for sandwiches and uh, just great great CEO and and you know corporate team. Um, they're all about giving back. Uh, you know, growing and uh, just continues to to impress everybody out in, in, in the industry. So, um, just one of the best franchises, and uh, you know, like Calidad Beer, um, it's one of those things where you know, great people, great team around, great marketing team, um, great product. So, you know, when you look into it, those are the type of things that are going to be successful. Is, is is the ones that have the right team, the right leadership, and uh, and the people that, that know how to run them. Uh -huh. And I'm sure you, you've surrounded yourself with people that have experience in this world or yeah, is this absolutely. Yeah, like I, like I said, like uh, my, my financial advisor, my accountants, and they have a lot of athletes that they represent mm -hmm. and they've seen it all. They've seen every restaurant investment, they've seen every, uh, you know, beer or spirit or whatever it is, uh, potential investment. They've seen the ones that have worked, the ones that haven't worked. Um, and so it's, uh, it's definitely something that, uh, you run by them. They, they look at the numbers, they look at the proposals, they look at, at, at the decks, you know, I look at the decks and, uh, you ask all the questions to all the people that, you know, here in LA, you, you have an opportunity to have so many successful people around you yeah. that you can always lean on. So how, in, how involved are you with, with all these businesses? Are you, are you bringing a, a briefcase? Are you going to, you got your suit and tie on or you, you have an office that you're sitting in or is it, is it more just vetting people and letting them do the work? Yeah, I think uh, it's a little more of uh, vetting people. And then, you know, once once we make the investment is, you know, looking at the numbers, looking at the, at the financials um, every quarter uh, with Calidad, I'm pretty involved as far as the marketing side and just kind of be able to put the, the brand out there as much as I can. Um, you know, we're lucky to be here in L.A. and big Dodger community, obviously. And so. A lot of the connections we've been able to make has been because they're Dodger fans, mm -hmm. and we've been able to put it, put the beer in a lot of bars that you know just want to come out and have a drink and have have a beer. Yeah, you know, and so um, done a lot of that. Um, social media world, you know, you you can promote almost anything on social media now. So <laughs> you use social media to uh, 
to promote uh, the different brands and the different uh, partnerships. Yeah. And so that's that's a great way to, to be involved and and you know for the most part uh, everybody shows their appreciation that way. Uh, with Jersey Mike's, um, we do the weekly calls and and always talk about how can how can we do better, what we need to do, you know what's what's the outlook for the for the next week. Um, how, what are we trying to accomplish? And, you know, maybe, maybe the percentage on, uh, waste went up a little bit. So we got to make sure that we don't waste and, uh-huh. and, 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 you know, they're just different things. And, and so you always look at, look at the numbers of financials, the percentages and, uh, and, and make your decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a little run at business when, uh, when I was still playing actually. And, uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like being. And I was an owner, like we started a brand new company. It's not like I was investing in a company and I had my, my suit and, and I'd go and I'd have a briefcase and we'd have meetings and we'd go over financials and all that stuff. And I was like this, <laughs> I just want to play some football. Uh, and it's, but now I love doing it that way. Like just be a part, just, to, you know, not that you're a passive investor, it sounds like you're you're involved. I'm I'm involved. Uh-huh. I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's, you know, there's certain things that I'm more involved in than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you want to know what's going on. You don't want to just put your money and then, hey, yeah. let me know if I ever get a. Let me know if it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah checking in on it. Uh, but I do believe too that that you got to find something that you're passionate about. You know, and you're you're not quite retired yet. I mean, I'm not. I'm not retired. Um, I'm not fully looking for an opportunity. But if an opportunity comes knocking, I'll definitely consider it. Yeah, stay in shape, work out. You know. Five, five, six days a week and uh, make sure that if somebody does come calling, I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, but you know, I'm not, I'm also not out there saying like, Hey, is there any minor league deals to sign? You know, because yeah. you know, yeah. all right. Business is, has done very well for me. So, um, you know, I, I'm just as happy doing business and than I am doing anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that transition um, for a lot of, you know, obviously football players is my world. Like seeing guys go through that transition, I'm sure you've seen it, guys that you've played with. It's 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 rough. It's rough for a lot of people, even if you have money. I mean, like well, you said, you can't just sit around and play golf. It's not all about the, time. the money. You've got to figure out something. Yeah, it's not about the money. It's about doing something. Uh huh. You know, it's about being involved, doing something, being proactive, and uh, and just having that something to look forward to when you wake up. Uh huh. You know, because there's definitely times that I don't have business calls. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a day to go out and play golf and I just sit at home and I'm like, man, uh-huh. if this was every day, I wouldn't be happy, uh-huh. you know? And that's a, touch on that a little bit. Like what is the biggest, in your opinion, like what's the biggest misconception of success? I think people think that when you have money and you have like acquired different things that that makes people happy, you mm-hmm. know? And to me, that does not make people happy. I mean, to me is having, you know, first for me is having faith, um, you know, having your faith in, in, in something that's eternal and not something that's of this world. But um, happiness for me in this world is just being, having people around you that you love and that love you and you can spend time with and, and being able to do things. You know, like my dad always says, like, he hasn't retired from from his business that he's had for 50 years. And he's like, well, I don't want to retire and stop doing that because I don't want to die. <laughs> like, uh-huh. You know, I want to be able to wake up in the morning and have that thing to do um, that keeps me going. Because if not, that's, you know, people get old really quick the minute you stop doing that. And mm-hmm. so 
Um, you know, I've had a great role model on my dad. And so for me, it's just, thought, you know, you just want to stay active. You want to have those relationships and keep building relationships and um, just continue to always have something to look forward to. Uh, so it sounds like you're, if, if you describe success, would you describe it just how you said it there? Where it's, it's relationships. It's, it is. It's your faith. I yeah. mean, um, and that you obviously, it sounds, I'm getting that just that you, um, you Jesus, right? Yep. Uh, religious faith. Uh, how important has that been for you? Oh, I mean, for me, that's everything, you know, because when you have tough times, you have good times, you know, for me, Jesus is what, what keeps you grounded. It's what keep, keeps you, you know, everything is, everything you do revolves around that Jesus faith. So for me, it, it's, it's, it is what it, it's everything, you know? Uh -huh. So, yeah. Do you do any other, uh, like meditation? That's one thing that we talk about on the show a little bit. Do you do anything like that along with your religious faith? I, I don't, I mean, obviously I pray every day. Mm -hmm. um, Which is, to me, that's a form of meditation. It's a form of meditation. That's quieting your yep. mind and yep. communicating with something bigger yep. than yourself. Yep, it's a form of meditation. And uh, um, I don't quite read the Bible every day, but I listen to... When I work out, I love listening to Christian music mm -hmm. or listening to to a sermon. Um, so, like for me, like I love working out because it's my time of meditation, where yeah. I just get to focus on like I'm working out and I'm listening, and I'm like my mind is focused on Jesus during that hour, hour and a half. Uh huh. Uh, speaking of that too, like your workouts. Um, what do you do in your workouts? Are you uh, uh, right now? I do three days a week. I do. Um, we have a trainer come to the house, and then uh, one or two days a week I box, and then one or two days a week I lift. I lift weights, um, more strength training based. Um, so it's just kind of like a mix of everything. Um, if I could do it every day, I would box every day. Uh huh. I love boxing, but uh, really, that, yeah, you love boxing. I love it. God. Um, <laughs> Getting but hit in the face and stuff like that. I do love it. Yeah, I do love. It. That's that's what I love about football. Uh, I was a quarterback, and I'm not kidding you. If you call my my high school coach, he would make me do laps and push-ups because I would go with the D line and I would go heads up. <laughs> I had to do it once a practice, and every once a practice, I was either doing push-ups or running laps because I had to go heads up with somebody. Oh man! Like just banging heads. I love that. So <laughs> that 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 was a. Uh, that was a lot of fun, but you know, that's just, you know, I don't know. Some people are, I guess I'm just made that way. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't mind getting hit. Like uh, I, it, it kind of, kind of puts you in the right place. You know, it's uh -huh. like, yeah, that's your fault. You got hit, you got hit, not because that guy was good because you allowed yourself to get hit. Oh man. <laughs> um, speak, well, I want to continue with the workouts because a lot of people, I love hearing about people's routines. Um, what about like infrared sauna uh, or saunas or I, I do, cold I, tubs, cold showers? I used to do cold tubs and uh, um, when I played. I'm not a big fan of the cold, like the ice. When people get hurt, like when I would roll an ankle or do something, I'm not a big fan of ice. I was always a fan of heat. Mm -hmm. So um, hot tub, uh, sauna. Um, I always wanted to like if I got hurt, especially in baseball, because you can't shut it down. I always like to, if I, if, you know, if I tweak my hamstring, I wanted to keep my hamstring active. Mm -hmm. So blood would flow and I could play the next day. Cause the minute you put eyes, you shut it down. Like, you know, your, your muscles contract. And so to get him going again, it might take a day or two. And in baseball, you can't, you don't have the, you can't afford to do that. Mm -hmm. And so like, I always wanted to keep everything active. And mm -hmm. so, um, for me, hot tub saunas, um, were great. Uh -huh. What about, uh, sleep? Uh, I'm a 
huge believer in sleep. I mean, it's it's do you, proven that it's huge, but I don't. You don't get enough sleep? You don't think? I might. I, I don't know. I don't I don't even know what good sleep is, you know? Uh -huh. Like I try to get as much sleep as I can, but um I also like to have a a good time with my friends and 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 uh -huh. and uh you know, friends and loved ones and have a few drinks at night. Uh -huh. So I'm not I'm not going to say um all right, guys, it's 10 o'clock. I got to go to sleep. <laughs> if, 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 I'm, if I'm around great company, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're going to keep having, uh, enjoying some good calidad and some good cigars and, yeah. and keep having a good time. Oh, man, I hear all that <laughs> stuff. Like you baseball, baseball players, basketball players, you know, football, we're only on the road eight times a year. And it's one, it's the night before the game. So it's not like we get to go hang out or anything like that with you guys. You guys are on the road. So I wonder, you, I'm pretty sure you got to be more disciplined. Uh Maybe <laughs> when you're on the road. Most uh, games are at night. Um, you know, you can sleep in. Uh, you know, it's my next life. I mean, like I, I said, I'm old school. Player. I'm old school. Uh, <laughs> 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 Think Babe Ruth. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, we would have ran together then if we were playing. <laughs> um, I think football chose me because I don't know. I might not have made it. Uh, in my younger days, yeah. No, I mean, I, like now. I said, I love friendships and I like being around people that you want to be around. And uh, yeah, and so just you know, being able to sit down and and have a good conversation, you know, yeah, is. I mean, to me, like that's that's what you know, where 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 everything in life like happens. You know, what you, whether you're just having a great glass of wine with your wife and just talking over the day and talking about tomorrow. Yeah, um, those are the special moments that you never want to give up. Uh -huh. You know, because that's when you really can connect and, and just have that time with your wife, you know. During the day, everybody's running around. You got the kids, you got this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you can just, like, sit down and just, like, all right, you know, let's have wine. Let's have a nice glass of wine or whatnot. And uh, same thing with friends, you know. You know, we had a dinner party last night, and we're just hanging out, you know. Yeah. And so get home at midnight and get up at 5 in the morning to work out, uh -huh. you know. so Make it your sleep, age. You're getting older now. Hey. <laughs> You know what? I'll get my sleep. I, I, I slept before I came here, so good. I took a little nap. Good, good. <laughs> uh, since the beginning of your career to where you are now, um, how do you think you've changed the most? Um, I mean, I've obviously grown up and matured like we all do. Um, well, most of us do. Um, I think the experiences are are life lessons you know and mm -hmm. so uh you gain experience through different situations and times in your life and um yeah i mean i, I think we all kind of decide you know what road we want to go in the in a way um for me again we touch back to just really dig into the bible and really dig into jesus and so uh he he guides my way um and so when you find peace in that, you find that um, just treat people with love and, and respect and, and if they wrong you, it's okay. Like forgive them um, and, you know, God will, God will show you the way. And so um, just love on people. Like that's, I think that's the biggest change is that early in my career, I was focused on like success in mm -hmm. baseball. And then as I grew in Christ, it changed to like success is just loving on people and, 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 being there to serve people and just having these great relationships. Mm -hmm. You said to serve people. Um, yeah. I read that you rebuilt a baseball field in Tijuana, uh -huh. right? Like how, and it sounds like giving back is a huge part of who you are. Yep. 
what what feeling does that give you when you give back? Um, I mean, you know, all the success I have is because of Jesus, and Jesus was the perfect example of giving back. And so um, the feeling you get is that feeling of, you know, being able to help others and, and those in need and um, showing gratitude for the things that you've been given. And when you see the the face or the excitement or the, re- the reaction from the person that you're helping, I mean, there's no greater feeling than that, you yeah. know. Um, we have a foundation. We give scholarships. We've given over 60 scholarships uh, to kids, uh, um, 16 we're, we're, we have 60 kids on scholarship. We've given over hundreds of scholarships and we meet with those kids every year. And we, we try to do a day of, a day of giving back or um, <clears throat> doing something. So it's, uh, I mean, there's that, you know, for me, like you, if you gain success or been given success financially or in any way, giving back is like the best way to show gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love it. Uh, final questions here. Uh, some more, some fun ones. What we talked about subs. Uh, what's the last sub you would ever eat? Like, what would you have on it? Subway sandwiches. Well, not Subway, Jersey Mike's. <laughs> Jersey Mike's. Well, not that. <laughs> They're I didn't Subway mean sub- sandwiches. Well, sub- yeah, I get you. Um, I think for me, like, like you mean the last like I would never eat it or the one I would want to eat the one last. that you're gonna eat like you're going out like this is the last one you're ever turkey gonna avocado. get so make it a if good one if it's a sandwich it yeah, would be what, like what, a turkey what, avocado what are you working with what are you putting on on that turkey place? avocado I put all pretty much all the veggies I love and then I'll throw in a bunch of jalapenos and pepperoncinis and bell peppers and the lettuce tomato onions um, like I love vegetables so I'll just stack it up with a bunch of vegetables and spice and uh-huh. um yeah, just make it. You're a pretty healthy eater. Um, <laughs> yes and no. Like, yeah, I guess I'm a. I guess I'm a hell. I mean, I. I'll eat a salad here and there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like veggies. Just, I love veggies. Yeah, uh, I do love veggies. I don't eat as much fruit. Um, well, like fried foods or, I, or yeah. fast food. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, sometimes you'll crush some fast food. Uh, yeah, I'll do. I'll definitely do Chick Fil A and. Um, <laughs> You know, growing up in the Meyer Leagues, in the Meyer Leagues, you pretty much all you eat is fast food. Uh-huh. Um, so um, definitely have my spots, you know, Wendy's and a couple of spots. But I don't, I, we only eat fast food now when we're like traveling and we stop either In-N-Out or, uh, or Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I try to eat healthy, but then, you know, I, I'm always craving tacos, so... You know, but tacos aren't aren't bad either. So no, no, uh, especially ta- I was down in um, in Cabo huh? last week, and I went to this to get some tacos. Yeah, and they they've like caught up to the Southern California trendy taco. It oh, wasn't like have. my street tacos yeah, yeah, that I'm yeah. used to getting. It yeah. was it was like had avocado with um with what what's a trendy taco? It was like pork belly with. With yeah. uh, pickled onions, and it, it was way different than the normal street tacos. I that know. You give get. give me my carne asada, <laughs> cebolla, cilantro, guacamole, salsa, and I'm good. Like, Who cooks know. all that food? You, you, I do. Boy, I love to cook. You can make that. Yeah, food? I can make a lot of Comida things. Comida casera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I love it. Yeah, oh. I love to cook. You gotta invite me over, man. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I will. That is one thing that I missed in Kansas City. Not saying it's not there. Don't get offended to people in Kansas City, but the Mexican food wasn't 
It's not like Southern California. They, they, Atlanta, they blend a little not, more towards the Tex-Mex, for yeah, sure. They blend yeah. a little more towards the Tex-Mex. It's not, it's not that traditional Mexican food, yeah, for sure. Oh, and I yeah. miss it so much. Gosh. Yeah, but they have great barbecue there. <laughs> good barbecue. Oh, man. That's that where they dominate. Kansas City is so good. What's your uh, dream company to invest in? Dream company? That's a good question. Um, dream company to invest in? Be. Oh no, that's a really good question. Google, Amazon, or something smaller, or um, probably like if if I was, I would I would love to be like a partner like in in Instagram or one of these social media platforms uh -huh. that is just killing it right now. I think uh -huh. to really understand the analytics and and everything behind all the back end stuff behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Past 15 years, what's one moment you'd want to relive? Uh, past 15 years. 15, so I think the best two moments, like, for me personally in life were the birth of our two girls. Yeah. So those are the moments that, like, you know, if you could relive them, you would just to experience that again. Uh -huh. What about in the foot, on the field? On the field? Um <clears throat> Relive. Um, That'd be like I mean, a grand slam or something, right? I, I would say like the playoff games. I mean, there's, you know, the playoff games are always exciting. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's, you can never, there's so many, the playoff games are the ones that really count, you know? Uh -huh. And so like, those are, those are the ones that the passion comes out and the excitement comes out and like your mo more emotions come out naturally without you even thinking about it. So like, that was fun. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Do you ever have a hit? That um, you ever pointed like Babe Ruth or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never pointed yeah. uh, a hit. I mean, you know, because people give me this. I know it's a hard. It's a hard question. People out there enough, probably, it's a like, hard question to answer. Yeah, it is. But interestingly enough, like all the really like big hits that I can remember that were like clutch or this or that were games that we ended up losing. Uh huh. You know, like I had a big home run in an All-Star game. We lost that game. Uh -huh. I had, uh, uh, like, I remember that I had got a hit against Aroldis Chapman in the playoffs to tie the game to go take us into the extra innings, and then we lost that game. Mm. I had a big grand slam in game 163 when I was playing for the Padres, and we ended up losing that game. Uh -huh. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. playoff-type games, you know, games that, that, that have importance. Uh -huh. um, I hit some 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 big home runs or that we won, but they weren't like that, like clutch where they were like early game or late game that, but they weren't like that defining hit of the game, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, I, the hitting of a baseball, that sound of that crack and hitting the, I think that's one of the best sounds in all of sports. It's such a good sound. Um, what, what's your, this is actually, I'm interested in this one really. What, what who's your favorite coach? Or who was your favorite coach and why? Um, I think because of the impact and I was still young and Bruce Bochy, um, mm -hmm. Hall of Fame manager, and uh, just his ability to see things ahead of time, talk things through to you, look, manager to, co to player and follow through with them. Mm. You know, um, we talk about like we have... I, I played for some great managers and, you know, Tito Francona and Dave Roberts, um, Bud Black, 
but Bruce was the guy that could be like, you're not going to play in three days because of this, but don't worry if you're not in the lineup because you'll be right back in the lineup the day after, you know, and just kind of really be able to talk you through those things. And then that's exactly what happened. And I think that's why his players like would be really good, you know, playing for him always. And he always had success because everybody knew where they were on that team. Everybody knew their role. Everybody knew when they were playing, when they weren't playing. Mm. Everybody knew that he wasn't BSing. He wasn't just trying to tell you to make you feel good at the moment. You know, it is what it was. Whether you it was a good message or a bad message, he just said it how it was. Mm-hmm. And so everybody respected him. When I played, everybody respected him for that. And what about a teammate? Sure. Favorite teammates? Well, teammates and, and why? Like, <clears throat> I, I, when you're looking for like the greatest teammate you've ever had. How about that? Maybe not your best friend you've ever had um, while you're playing. Like what's, who I was think, like just an unbelievable teammate? I think, uh, and again, it goes back to kind of like who I looked up to as a kid, but when I was able to play with him, like he just, everything you heard about him, it just was that. And, and everything was just exactly what people talk about him. And it's Trevor Hoffman. Uh-huh. Like, He's just an unbelievable person, great human being, uh, you know, great father, like, and obviously Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Final question. What's one area of your life that you'd like to improve in that you're wide open to learning more about? Um, remembering people's names. And, a good one. <laughs> and communicating, like, being able to, like, talk through things. Like, I'm very, like, I don't, I try to communicate, but like, I forget to, I I don't remember to communicate everything all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, but remembering people's names, like I can remember any face. I just have the worst time remembering anybody's Uh name. Why is that so important? I think just, again, going to relationships, like, you know, you want to say hi to somebody and you're like, I know you, I know, I know you, I've met you five times. I just don't remember your name. Like you feel terrible Yeah. because, and then they're like, Hey, how's it going, Adrian? And you're like... (laughs) What's up, guy? Hey, dude. What's <laughs> hey, up, dude. buddy? <laughs> you know? uh, but it's not that you don't want to remember it. It's just, it's just, I just don't have that ability, and it just sucks. <laughs> yeah, there was this great book. Uh, it's called it's old by Dale Carnegie. I don't know if you ever heard of this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that was one of their number one rules was learn people, learn how to remember people's names, uh, because that is the best sound that somebody can hear is hearing their own name, and you will win loyalty, and people won't ever forget it. Especially coming from guys like yourself, like, oh. Yeah. So that's a good one to work on. It is a really good one to work on. And I do need to figure out like a system that, and I always, people are always like, well, just always think of like their name and put it in, you know, find something that you can remember them with, you know. Um, So when you see them, you think of that thing and that reminds you of their name. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely need to work on that. Good stuff, man. Adrian, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's awesome. Thank you. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Thanks for listening to Wide Open. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms. And hit me up on social media at TonyGonzalez88. Love to hear from you, answer any questions, uh, and just wanted to say thank you.